0: All right, As-salamu alaykum, hey you guys, how are you? <laughs>
1: bye,
0: bye. Bye. We are now officially live. Ooh. Of course, we are waiting for it to kind of roll over on our social media accounts, but now it's a great time, like I would say, um, for you guys to so go ahead and share the podcast, to your personal pages. It's streaming on both the Dope Muslim Women podcast page on Facebook, as well as my personal page, if you're connected there, Walaikum salam. As salamu everybody, as you come into um, this podcast, please give your salams. You know how we feel about that. Uh, keeps the barakah here, keeps us intentional. Alhamdulillah. As everybody. Veronique, Jamila, Umariam, Benjeda. As salamu alaikum.
1: Got the sisters in there real quick.
0: Yeah, you know the sisters. <laughs> <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Assalamu alaykum, everybody. Welcome to the Dope Muslim Woman Podcast special edition here this week. I am so humbled and happy to greet everybody, to see you all here. Um, our topic is spiritual sexuality, and this is going to be a big one, a very important one, inshallah. Um, I would like to welcome each and every one of you here and I ask that you share the podcast inshallah. Um, if you can do that, us that honor and share the podcast right now, that would be very helpful. Okay, Alhamdulillah. All right. Look at this beautiful, beautiful group of people. I want to go ahead and introduce you to our panelists as well as our expert guests. I'm going to start with our panelists inshallah. All right, this lovely, lovely sister whom I've known for years. Um, she was, and if I could just ask you guys if it's okay for you guys to mute. I hear a little bit of background while I'm talking. Thank you so much. Um, this lovely sister, she was born and raised in Atlanta, the West side to be exact. She's a community lover who learned from her parents to reach back and inspire the youth. She has done so many events for Muslim women and the Muslim youth. She's called the TII, Teens in Islam. And she has have hosted Poetic Nights for the Muslim community and non-Muslim community. And she currently ha- um, holds a degree in business administration with a minor in marketing. I would like to officially welcome Sister Intura to the show. assalamu Alaikum, Sister. Wa well, Alaikum salam. thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. All right, and this next brother, um, he is, well, our, our only brother here, he is an award-winning solo artist. With an international appeal. um, He served as he's also served as a house manager and resident counselor for five years at a women's homeless shelter. And he currently mentors inner city youth, teaching them how to tell their story using media. He has lectured at major universities such as Princeton, Johns Hopkins, and Cornell on various social topics, particularly pertaining to race and justice. His dedication to the betterment of humanity is actually what fuels a lot of his creative work. I would like to welcome Brother Khalil Ismail Asalaamu Welcome to the show, brother. You're on mute.
2: Wa <laughs> alaikum All right. we go.
0: <laughs> All right. And this lovely sister here, she is a third generation Muslim. Um, she is a mom. She is a celebrity chef. She was featured and asked personally to be the personal chef and I could um, for the mayor of Mayor Moran in New Jersey. And I don't know if it was a show, if it was actually, I think it was featured on, on a show. So she is definitely a celebrity chef and she's top notch when it comes to her culinary skills. And she's a longtime longtime friend of mine. Welcome Huda Ahmed to the show.
1: You are silly. Yes. Um, thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for being here. All right. And last but definitely not least, um, this sister, um, our expert guest here today. Mashallah, um, We're so humbled to have her. Um, this sister is known as the Halal Sexpert. She is a family nurse practitioner who has earned a doctor of nursing practice degree from Rutgers University. She is passionate about empowering sex education workshops, adapted uniquely for Muslim youth with the Quran and the Sunnah. Um, She has an organization called Love Beyond Love, which aims to challenge and inspire youth to love beyond the unhealthy love portrayed by the media and begin to yearn for and experience true love for Allah themselves and and their future spouse. Dr. Shakira Abdullah has used her proven research strategies to help over hundreds of Muslim youth youth in a tri-state area change their undesirable sexual behaviors and reconnect with God. Um, In addition to servicing Muslim youth, Dr. Shakira Abdullah aims to help Muslim parents become the primary sex educators in their homes and lead their children in transforming into their best selves. Dr. Shakira has developed an online course for Muslim parents called Halal Sex Talks, to learn how to effectively communicate with their children and teens about sexuality from an Islamic perspective. I would like to welcome officially Dr. Shakira Abdullah, the halal sexpert to the show.
3: Assalamu alaikum everyone. I'm excited and honored to be here and I'm ready to have this conversation, which needs to be had.
0: Yes, mashallah. Thank you so much for being here. All right, you guys, so we're going to get right into it. And we have Brother Nail, who's having a little bit of tech um, technical issues. He may join us throughout the show, and we're just going to put him right in, inshallah. But we do have another brother um, that is um, supposed to be here tonight. All right, you guys, so we're going to get right into this discussion. Um, you know, <sighs> talking about this discussion, I know Dr. Shakira knows this more than any of us. It's not always the easiest thing to broach pro- in the Muslim community. There are still a lot of taboos. Um, within our community. However, there are a lot of stats that show that some of the biggest downloaders of pornography is actually Muslim-majority countries. But mm. sex is often not talked about in homes and in our masajids and amongst and, 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 with, and even within our families. Um, I just want to just ask the question first and foremost, and sure, I'm going to start with you if that's okay. Why are we yeah. so afraid to discuss sex openly?
4: I think it's been a taboo amongst the Muslim community for so many years. Um, I think that the stigma that it has—that once you say sex, people automatically think you're doing something, or they can assume that you're getting you're you're get almost that to that point that you're getting ready to actually act, and you know, in sexual activities. But I think it's just taboo. I think our parents didn't really talk to us about it and it kind of trickled down. However, I do think our generation is doing a better job at speaking about it. It's part thank you so much.
0: And I wanted to pop over to Khalil. Um, <clears throat> so why are we so afraid to talk about this brother? Why are we so afraid to talk about sex in our community?
2: Um, I, I think from, from what I see, a lot of it has to do with uh, the negative cultural connotations, meaning um, uh, and especially our If you're talking about for example our african-american community as inshura alluded to um the parents came a lot of the parents came from an environment where they -hmm. were so scared of us doing what they did right that they wanted us to stay away from it right at all costs right and all and they didn't realize (laughs) that they were keeping us away from the good and the bad which causes repression you know what i mean so because so keeping us away from everything and framing it as all bad you know with with sexual beings because we're all actual sexual beings only mm-hmm. just kind of created this thing this 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 need or want so it doesn't make sense it actually makes a lot of sense to me why muslim majority countries would be the ones that are the the highest downloaders right. because the more you're repressed you know the more you're suppressed the more you're going to rebel right and the more you actually are privy to something the more you know, that it, that you're actually able to deal with what's actually happening. Allah puts sexuality in us, all of us.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, thank you so much, Brother Khalil. Dr. Yeah. Shakir, I'm popping over to you. I know you deal, this is your work day in and day out. Why is there so much shame around sex in a Muslim community?
3: A lot of it stems actually from colonialism and slavery and um, different cultural barriers around sexuality. Um, so it, it's way deeper than that, and that's a whole conversation in itself. Um, but we have to remember that, you know, Allah and the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam were not. Um, ashamed to talk about sex. Like they understood that our sexuality is a part of our humanness. Um, so recognizing that, understanding that people have questions, people have concerns in regards to their religion and their being um, a person, um, section B, this taboo topic, because when we do that, we're not able to educate our children about it. And if we're not providing them with um, sexuality education, um, fortifying their Islamic identity with that, then who are they going to learn from? And they're going to get different messages that don't coincide with their beliefs. Thank
0: you so much for that. Um, Huda, I'm gonna pop on over to you. I know you and I, we were you know raised up in a similar Muslim community growing up, and um, you know, you know how we were raised, <laughs> it's always in the boys, right? Like, don't right,
1: exactly.
0: So um, what are some of the issues that you recall just as a young Muslim woman growing up in the community as it relates to sex and just thoughts about even just um, intermingling and relationships between men and women, young girls and young boys? What are some of the issues that you remember seeing?
1: Um, like you said, we definitely were raised to stay away from the boys. Um no being alone, none of that. I think it became like, if I see my daughter with a boy, that means A, she's either having sex or B, she's ready to get married. So, you know, if your parent wasn't one of the parents who, you know, was allowing you to marry young, then it became, okay, well, we got to cut you off completely. And I think, you know, People love to bite the forbidden fruit. So when that happens, I think it makes um, the opposite sex, whether it be the boy or the girl, want to engage in it more. Because now my mm-hmm. parents forbid me, so I'm going to go see why they forbade me.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's very that's very true. I mean, you brought up a really good point that I wanted to just really touch on. Um, and it's just what we go through as women growing up. And a lot of us as Muslim women, we have a lot of pressure on us. Like you mentioned, it's, it's the, the connotation, the reputation attached with it. If we're talking to a boy, it's automatically in it. Let's keep it a whole buck. If you're talking even as an adult Muslim woman now to an adult Muslim man, you, you somehow are involved in some type of scandal. Um, and there's some type of sexual interest, right? Um, I wanted to just kind of pop over to Dr. Shakira really quickly and I wanna get some um, feedback from you guys as well. Dr. Shakira, what is up with that as it relates to us as Muslim women and the barriers that we have in regards to our sexuality and just how it's so closely attached to our reputation and our honor? Um, Yeah.
3: Well, first, as women um, and as human beings, you just have to recognize that um, you can be you can be sexual and spiritual. Like they're not mutually exclusive. They you can you can be both. You can be a modest Muslima and still have a sexual life. Um, remembering remembering just looking at the way that we were created and looking at how Allah created us to be sexual beings. How He gave us these special organs to experience pleasure, and how we don't talk about that and Look at sex as a beautiful gift from Allah, and not as this dirty thing. And um, reclaiming that, and reclaiming our marriages—that you know, Allah gave us sex to experience in this beautiful in, in marriage and have this special companionship. And when you're having, when you're sharing your body with someone, um, that is a very spiritual, sexual connection that you have with them, and that is beautiful. And to take and Not to take away the beauty of that, um, but I think as women we have to reclaim that I can be powerful with my voice, um, and I can have a strong presence. That doesn't necessarily mean that I'm being sexual, um, and not um, being you know not allowing ourselves to be sexualized um, in that way. So I think um, a lot of it has to do with first recognizing it for ourselves and um, understanding that for ourselves that I can be sexual and spiritual, and then. Um, challenging others to think good of your sisters like that is the think good of your um, our brothers and sisters first of all that's like a, a golden rule within the slim. um first of all and then recognizing that you know that is not necessarily true that like just because i'm having a conversation with a man doesn't necessarily mean that i'm sleeping with them
0: absolutely absolutely Khalil, um i know you're a father of is four or five girls four um. girls
2: yeah, four, five, five when you think about my 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 daughters, yeah. not biological, but they're all moms. Okay, so, yeah.
0: mashallah, subhanallah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have a, a huge weight on you um, by being a father yeah. of girls growing up, Muslim Muslim women. Yeah. And how are you um, sort of setting the tone as it relates as a father, sort of? Because, I mean, a lot of times as fathers, you know, I don't know, in my experience, their huge objective is just to keep us from not having sex right? Get the boy's <laughs> away from us. Yeah. How do you manage that as a father?
2: um you know I, I you know I think having those girls is a big motivation for me to actually look into what's really going on and i don't want my i didn't want I don't want my girls to be uneducated and I don't want my girls to get got by shaitan and I know the way you get got by shaitan is to actually not have knowledge and not have information. So for me, I'm not scared of them understanding, you know, what's going on around them. And as a matter of fact, what I try to do even for them is, is frame, as, as Dr. Shakira said, uh, frame sex as a good thing, no matter what, that sex is a good thing. And, and really what makes it perverse is disobeying a law, not sex. Okay. It's not actually sex, but, you know, sex is actually great and beautiful. Right. So so when you're watching because I think the mistake that we made that I try to uh, change that I tried to say, OK, you know what? What did we when I study like what happened? And by the way, I've seen this in not just in Muslim circles, but in Christian circles and other places, anywhere anywhere there's a religious circle, you'll find the same problem where yeah. uh, where one, you know, the woman is made out to kind of be in general kind of objectified, this objectified uh, object, you know, that really that kind of to be used for sex but at the same time is at the fault is the problem is the sexual problem in the world you see what i'm saying that's a that's a cultural problem that we have and it's not just actually religious then you go into let's say early hip-hop and you see the same thing when you Mm -hmm. think about the fact that it was actually in and stylish to say things like we don't love them i'm sure you all remember that that type of lingo we don't love them it was actually not Cool to actually want to sexually satisfy your your girl. She was only to sexually satisfy you. So when you start looking at it not only from a religious standpoint, from from a cultural standpoint, from an aside, everywhere you look, you see almost the same thing in different ways. I'm like, all right. So in order to frame it right, one, I know that from, from my, for how I have to teach them is that one, I don't know who my daughters are going to be. Some some girls, the law makes very sexual even more than other girls, right? So if they happen to be one of those that grow up to be that, they have to know that it's okay, right? Yeah. That it's totally fine. And the way you guard yourself is to shroud yourself in Allah's protection, right? Yeah. To shroud yourself in Allah's protection. And it's, and it's I an ayah that I from Maryam that I and I'm gonna leave, say this last thing because it's really important to me. That I was studying when I was actually learning about Maryam. that really caught me um, is that when the angel actually came to give Maryam the good news mariam her first thing was she she said she actually she didn't say he was bad she actually sought refuge with allah because she didn't know his one he probably was usually angels are pretty beautiful as people and when they come in the form of people so she didn't know what was going on but she framed it as i seek refuge in allah so and then yusuf the same thing when yusuf was seeking refuge again it's i seek refuge in allah so it's not sex Is seeking refuge in the law when sex is not in the appropriate time. Mm -hmm. Powerful,
0: powerful point. You know, you bring up a a really serious point that I talked about with a lot of women um, in particular and and, and building up to this podcast. And -hmm. especially women that were kind of brought up in Islam, which is just the disconnect between how we were raised versus once we get married. So we're raised, like you said, stay away from the boys. Don't even talk to them. Nobody's talking to you about sex. And then you get into a marriage and you're marrying a brother or a young man that, you know, to talk something totally different. (laughs) And then, you know, you, the young women are expected, you know, to do certain things and perform in certain ways where there's a total disconnect. So I wanted to just hop over to you, Intra. Um, and just ask in regards to that, like how, can we reconcile that difference between, as as Muslim women, between a modest being a modest Muslim woman and being, I guess, sexually liberated in a sense?
4: Well, I think um, one, it's important for us to have a dialogue with our kids. Like, you know, um, like Khalil stated, and the music is sexualized. Everything is sexualized, you know. So even from the point where, in some lyrics, you hear certain things like. Uh, a lady in the streets, but a freak in the streets, you know, it's like, how are they going to become freaky or how are they going to express that, <laughs> especially if they never had any type of relationship with anyone? And the thing is that, um, I'm sorry, I had a pregnancy brain, but the thing is that they have they they find through different medias what that means television, rap, um, literature. You know they have all that, so I think the most important thing is to have a dialogue, make it open. Like, don't be, don't react. So the parents don't react. So like, first, like, oh my God, you're doing this. Just be like, okay. So if your child comes to you and say, hey, uh, sex, what is, you know, have questions about sex, make it into a dialogue. Don't quick to be like, oh, you gotta get married, stuff for laws, don't da. You gotta get out of my house. It's time for you to get married. To ask them okay what inspired you to ask me about sex are you trying to get married like what is it that attract you to this because like Khalil said we all are sexual beings and then sex isn't bad you know it's but it's when you don't educate your children and you don't let them know exactly okay this is that and what's what you know they learn it in the world now they about to learn it from one of their fast friends down the street or some little you know anybody but if you talk about it and make it a dialogue. I think that'll help bridge that gap. So you know they know what to expect.
0: Absolutely. And Dr. Shakira, how do you feel about that term, "Lady in the Streets," "Freak in the Sheets"? We hear it so much.
3: I think it's important for us to, like the sister said, to have the dialogue, but also to recognize that turkin is not bad. He was working in your house. You could be like. <laughs> You covering the streets, you could come in your house and teaching our young girls because they have this notion that, all right, I'm gonna like. I used to have, I talk to youth all the time. So they'll like say they have like this whole bucket of like outfits or like lingerie. Like, I'm gonna wear this when I get married. No, you can wear this now. You can go in your room, you can dance in the mirror, you can take pictures for yourself, you know, and, and you know, and have them for yourself to feel sexy and feel sexual. You can do that for yourself. You don't have to wait until you get married. You can love yourself. That's a part of body positivity and you. You know, finding value in yourself first before you even connect with someone else. Um, and then recognizing and then taking advantage, like this, is, I call them teachable moments. So mm-hmm. when your teacher comes to you and they have a question about sex, because again, yes, sex is all over, whether in the music they listen to and they just have a question, like, what is this? And they're curious, someone, you know, I have an eight, I have a, no, I'm sorry, my son is 11. <laughs> And last year, um, one of his friends told him that she was bisexual. So she came on, mommy. What does bisexual? <laughs> and so we had to have, we had to have, you know, a conversation about what that means. Um, and so when we make it normal, we, we normalize, normalize different languages. They're they're not ashamed and they're not afraid to ask us about things. And we can always incorporate our Islamic values and beliefs into it, so that they mm-hmm. it empowers them. So when you know when they go out and they're out with their friends. And they're asked different things, or ask different questions, or trying to persuade it to try to try different things. They feel empowered. Like, no, I'm waiting for my husband. No, I'm I'm on top of these little girls out here. I'm waiting for my wife. You know, stuff like that. We can empower them through our Islam, so that they're you know they they're honored by it and excited about it, and they're the leaders, even with their when even with their with their friends and they're not Muslim. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. And you know, this is powerful. And I think it's um, something beautiful. And I think Sister Sakina, she mentioned, um, and I just want to share it with you guys. It's so important to have these conversations often with our children, even when you are an open person. I think most teens don't want to have that conversation with their parents. So when I, so when I have to open the door, and I'm not sure if I missed some of it. Um, but yeah, we have to open the door as parents. Now that's that's very true. And, and we definitely understand that. But you know, if we want to keep it a whole buck here tonight, <laughs> there are a lot of issues that couples are facing. And we call this podcast spiritual um sexuality because a lot of us have disassociated. Dr. Shakir, you mentioned it earlier on spirituality from sex. Um, mm-hmm. and again, you know, a lot of us are focusing on really shallow kind of superficial things to identify sexual compatibility when you get married and a lot of and, and let's just be honest a lot of people are actually dissatisfied disconnected in marriages because they think they're not sexually compatible but we know how a designed it I wanted to just start first with Huda if that's okay um as it relates to um Intimacy in a marriage, intimacy with partnership. Where do you think we go wrong as women when we're looking for spouses? And we have to be honest here. There's only way we're gonna fix it. Where do you think we go wrong?
1: Um, I think I was just telling somebody yesterday or whenever that there's a big difference between being intimate and having sex. I think you know, and I remember younger hearing someone who was a virgin saying that she wanted to marry a man who was sexually experienced because, um, okay. I think my thing froze. Can yeah. you hear me?
0: Mm-hmm. You're good now.
1: Okay. Um, yeah. She said she wanted to marry a man who was sexually experienced because she thinks she would have a better chance of Having good sex with a man who is more experienced than she was. And she, her being a virgin, she doesn't know anything. She, you know, she's new to the world. So um, I think the disconnect comes between people thinking, you know, good sex will lead to a good marriage, as opposed Mm to, you know, getting to know your partner and learning each other and our likes and dislikes and, you know, um, trying to connect that way.
0: Do you think we're impatient as well as it relates to this? We feel like um, if it's not popping from um, the beginning, we... I we, think, yeah, I think some people
1: are because they don't think that, not that you could be taught, but we could have a conversation. If it's something that's um, not pleasing or uh, something that's not working, if I say something to my husband, he's going to be offended. Or if I say say something to my wife, she's going to get her feelings hurt. So it's like we try to spare each other Mm -hmm. But in the end, we end up hurting one another because now it's like, you know, neither one of us are happy or one of us aren't happy. So, you know, we might think about divorce or now we don't have sex at all because what's the point? Or the husband might go get another wife because he's not being satisfied at home. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think people are just afraid to have that conversation because they're Kind of walking on thin ice instead of opening up the dialogue and not, you know, putting your egos aside, husband and wife, and trying to fix whatever the issues may be.
0: Absolutely beautiful. Khalil, I'm going to ask you from the male's perspective, where do you guys go wrong as it relates to um, connecting or even as you go into a marriage as it relates to what you're looking for sexually? Where do the brothers go wrong?
2: well i think we're slowly coming out of unfortunately it's, it's a slow process but we're coming out of a stage where many brothers were taught that you know uh you know she's there for your pleasure you know um and not vice versa you know when it should be reciprocal i think that uh we are dealing with a crisis in zina and a crisis in uh pornography and both um obviously pornography, i mean zina the worst you know allah has already said that it leads to abomination it leads to so many ills and it that's proven today in our society but the, and the crisis is even bigger when zina it, is not actually the zina but the fact that we actually make it small that it's not a big deal that's actually the biggest so what's happening is, is that we're desensitized so a lot of a lot of and i will say this with brothers and sisters in different ways a lot of people are desensitized by the time they get in their relationship you don't realize that all them demons and all them things you done put in your body Mm. you're coming now, and they're blocking mm. you from being able to actually have a clear relationship and i and i want to we're talking about spiritual sexuality and allah subhanahu wa to allah you know you know sir um bakara 223 uh allah specifically speaking to the males you know he says your wives are tilth for you so so go into your spouses whensoever and howsoever you will right so tilt you know people see that word but if they don't really recognize that word it really is like you're you're actually planting a seed right it's like tilling soil it's like i actually um actually cultivating a flower right so if you know anything about flowers you know that one there are different types of flowers they need different Mm -hmm. things so you know one so one you have to know who you're with that means you have to take your time this i actually talking about cultivating cultivation and one Mm -hmm. of the problems is that if we're living in a world if we're coming from a space where we have been engaging and indulging in immediate gratification through whether whether that be pornography or whether that be through Zina, we are used to getting what we want right away because that's what dopamine does right so now we in a relationship and we want that same thing right away but that's not how cultivating works cultivating Mm -hmm. is something where it actually you take your time over time, you learn who you're with, or you learn, or like you learn what that flower needs. Some needs more sunlight than others, some needs more water. Not everybody wants, for example, flowers. Some people want to ride motorcycles, you know who whatever So you, but you gotta learn who you with. But we've been taught, and we don't realize that what happens is, and I'm gonna leave with this point, as long as we are as as long as deny is fair seeming and pornography is not something that's our avowed enemy, right? the non-pornography should be our our enemy right and this is not just muslims there's a whole community out there who are non-muslims who talk about who have a whole group that talk about how when they stay away from it how better they are as people you know whether it be through anxiety all types of things through their guilt and all that type of thing we have to go to war against our nafs because what's happening is is that when we we have expectations we shouldn't have in relationships and we're not ready to Take our time and be patient and observe suburb. That comes from actually living a certain lifestyle too. So that's mm-hmm. I, I. It's way more than that, but I'm gonna stop there because you know we could, we could go out there with that. So I'll let somebody else go.
0: Thank you. And I'm going to chime in. One of the sisters said that men can be selfish lovers. And another sister mentioned, Nafisa, she said, I wouldn't say that they're selfish lovers. I think we as women do ourselves a disservice trying not to bruise their egos by not speaking up and educating them on what we like. It's not about what you say, but how you say it. Dr. Shakira, do you see this often absolutely, amongst women?
3: Absolutely. It's definitely not about what you say, it's how you say it. So I think as women and men, we need to learn how to have these conversations with our spouses. So, I always, um, I always teach my um, clients to use I statements instead of "You don't know how to please me," "You don't know what you're doing," "I'm not satisfied." Instead of you, you know, kind of putting the blame on the person, and that's where it becomes harmful. Because um, you think about it, if you, if you, how would you feel if the other person said that to you? You wouldn't like it. So, instead of saying that, say, "Why don't we try this?" or "I heard about mm-hmm. this." And I'm interested in this. Is it okay if we try this tonight? Is it okay if we do this um and just making different suge- just different suggestions and exploring that together and having fun with it. It doesn't have to be you know you're not <laughs> doing this and making it social um it, sh- it should be an experience for both of you um learning about new things, experiencing new things, trying new things together, and just making a better relationship together and a better a stronger connection because you did that together
0: yeah. Absolutely. Um, go ahead, Insura. You
4: want to say something? Um, yeah, but I was just picking back on off of them that, um, yeah, you can't be as scared to teach, to be like, you know, teach your partner what pleases you, what you like, what you don't like. Because no one wants to be miserable and, you know, no one wants to just lie there or just be like, oh, OK, you know. So I think it's important to let the person know what you like, like they said, and teach them like, you know, that's the only way you're going to get better and like Khalil said, cultivate your marriage is by teaching. You know, no, let, let's try something else if that doesn't work. Okay.
0: So I had an audience question and the sister asks, you know, what do women do when they are sexually dissatisfied in a marriage? It is your husband, there may be love. Um, she mentioned something that brothers just sometimes go out and get a second wife if that's their situation, but women are sort of stuck. Um, Hood, I'm gonna start with you. What do you think about that? Um what do women again, do
1: when they're dissatisfied? I'll say that <laughs> when when you're not satisfied I think that conversation should be had and that's why it's important to make sure you find a compatible partner who is understanding.
0: Uh, I mean, no. I mean, when you say compatible, are you talking about sexually compatible?
1: No, 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 I'm not talking about compatible. I'm talking about somebody who understands you and who you can have a conversation with who won't get offended. And of course, you know, like Dr. Shakira said, it's not about what you say, but how you say it, but you need to be able to express yourself. And I was just having a conversation with my mom, uh, bless her heart. Um, And she was saying, and she made a good point, a lot of things come naturally when you experience sex. A lot Mm -hmm. of things you'll learn about yourself, about what you like, what you don't like,
5: um,
1: and you need to tap into that. And I think if you're married to your partner, that you can find a way, if you know how to talk to your man, you know how to talk to your man. So you're gonna find a way to let him know that, listen, Baby, I love you, but this ain't working. So Uh -uh. how about we try this or do that or do this? You know, and if he's an understanding husband, inshallah, he is. You know, y'all can explore other things that may be pleasing to your wife. Because I was and I was I was trying to find the hadith or the verse in the Quran where it talks about, you know, the that the sexual intercourse can't be. Finish without both parties being pleased. Yeah. So if if it's happening and one person ain't happy, then keep it up till till everybody's satisfied. So you know, like you said, it's not it's not taboo Islamically to talk about it. I think mm-hmm. just the generations and you know pornography and all of that made it something that can't be talked about. And when they talk about the 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 um the wife not being able to say no to her husband and having to come to bed when he calls and all of that. We have that mentality like that. I can't say no to him. I have to please him. I have to do everything that he wants me to do so I can't get anything in return or else I'm a disobedient wife or else I'm a bad wife or else he's going to, you know, be unhappy and go get another
0: wife. Yeah, you t- you said a whole word there because there's been a lot of and Dr. Shirk here, I know you want to come in. I'm gonna let you come in in a second, but there has been so like a lot of programming as it relates to Muslim women, and and, and that's why there is a disconnect with our sexuality and sensuality mm-hmm. because we were browbeat over the fact of like company calls, you'll be cursed. All of we these were, raised to,
1: yeah. right, we were
0: exactly. raised to be good wives, right? We were raised to be good wives, and Shirkia. to be
1: pleasing to our husbands.
0: Absolutely, thank you, Buddha.
3: I would say to um look at our dear prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He was the best example for men, right? And he had he emphasized foreplay. He emphasized the importance of foreplay of how he pleased his wives before sex. He used to educate his companions and say things like um, where it, it just shows how much he valued women's pleasure, how much he valued his wife's pleasure, and how he put that on a pedestal. When he educated his companions, like, listen, you have to make sure that your wife comes first. You have to make sure that you, you know, no man into his wife enter. You, if you you have to have a messenger between um, entering your wife. And they asked, you know, what was what does that messenger? And he used to say sweet words and kisses. So talking to your wife, understanding that as women, we are very mental creatures, that you have mm-hmm. to tell us that we're beautiful. You have to really, you know, attract us that way and romance us and seduce us in that way um, with your words and also with kisses and foreplays and le- knowing our erogenous zones, knowing um, where we experience pleasure and what areas of our body are more sensitive. And the same thing for women, understanding, learning about men's bodies, um, but not to, you know, sometimes, you know, they oftentimes you hear that hadith about um you have to come to bed but also there's other hadiths where the prophet muhammad emphasized emphasize foreplay emphasize pleasing your wives and emphasize so as women we have to recognize that as well that there is not just one-sided um that it is a a connection between the two and it's a beautiful you know experience between both of you it's not just for him um it's for you too so recognizing that and understanding that sometimes in marriages um, it kind of goes unsaid that somebody is um, unsatisfied. So your partner may not even know that you're not feeling it. So you need to you know, feel safe within yeah. your marriage, um, have to you know, build that safeness between the two and feeling open and honest, like, listen, um, and you don't have to be as right as this is not working. You can just say, you know, I like when you do this, but I want to try this too. And maybe highlight the things that your partner does well, but some things that you want to try that you... Experience that you think that you would like better, that's perfectly fine. Um, so I think building that openness and that safeness within your marriage is essential um, for communication.
0: Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Doctor. And Shapiro. also,
1: can I add too mm-hmm. that it's okay to ask questions during sex, like, mm-hmm. "Is this? Do you like this? Mm-hmm. Is you know, how does this feel?" Things like that, and that can give you more information on how to please your partner.
0: I'm asking questions do sex, brother Khalil, You agree with that? I'm just curious, man.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, the more communication, the better. De- um, I was gonna, I was gonna ask about a, a deeper issue though. Like, I wanted to know people's opinion on some of the deeper things that I've kind of found um, um, with respect to relationships. And like I said, this is one of those things where I actually see across the board, whether it be Muslims or non-Muslims, and that's that. Like, for example, there's a lot of faking you know, that goes on to this day. And there's also a lot of miseducation when it comes to what an orgasm is, right? So yeah. some people don't even know what they want in terms of what I'm supposed to have, especially if they, you know, that as we know, most women in general do, never orgasm. And a lot of women don't even know they're not doing it. So that means there's a lot more faking that's going on too. How is that hurting things? All right.
0: Great question, Khalil. And Shira. you want to start? Um, they, The question, I'm sorry, I
4: went out for me the, um, his, the audio, I didn't hear the question. I'm sorry. It went out.
0: He was mentioning about, um, the faking, you know, there's when it comes to orgasms with women, a lot of, um, a lot of women, um, actually don't even orgasm. There's a lot of faking going on. And so Mm -hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, you're asking like, I was just asking,
2: how does that, how does that affect things? I have my theories, but you know, uh, I was, you know, it was, it's something that's, that I've seen where, uh, for me, like, what I've learned, you know, when I've I've heard of these things is that what ends up happening is is that that's kind of how, at the point, like, she's fine until she gets frustrated, and then you really realize, Mm -hmm. okay, she never was fine in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. And that's probably because, and you can kind of tell, like, when, like, if a man who understands what orgasm is, you can kind of tell when somebody hasn't versus when they have, but a lot of people don't even understand it because they're so into themselves. But how is this faking thing going? Because there's a lot of insecurity, like, deeper than just communication. There's a lot of insecurity that 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 stops people from actually getting to the communication in the first place. So how do we deal with that?
0: How do you be honest? That's what I'm hearing yeah. from your question. Oh, how to be how honest?
2: Yeah.
0: Especially as women. So Oh, building,
3: go,
0: ahead. oh go ahead, doctor. I was mm-hmm. just
3: going to say building that outside of sex is important. Yeah. So mm-hmm. building that communication piece, building that closeness, building that um, um, relationship where I can say what I want to say, you know, to my spouse, and I know that they're not going to be offended. Um, that's work that has to be done outside of the marriage and not to be afraid of counseling and coaching and those type of resources that we have to get to the core sometimes us personally need coaching and um, um, counseling or whatever it is for our own personal selves without our spouse so we we may have some under um, underlining like insecurities um, within ourselves but it has nothing to do with our spouse Um, so it's important for us to recognize that and deal with that you may have to deal with that on your own before you even bring in, you know,
2: your spouse. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll say the way that a man's insecurity showed up a lot of times is that he just wants to be the conqueror and he doesn't really mm-hmm. care about, you know, because then he can not worry about it if he can just be the conqueror. So I think sometimes when, when it, speaks, yeah. it plays into that mm-hmm. and then he finds out later, nah, you weren't a conqueror, bro. <laughs> so, you know, insecure,
5: secure. <laughs> in
4: yeah. In yeah. yeah. And the insecurity yeah. leads and then, you know, that leads to a whole nother thing that yeah. happens. But um, I think with the like you asked the question, um, I personally think that if you're if you're faking and like you say, you get frustrated and then you're faking and that's going to lead you to do other things. You know, some people I know a few a few group of women that actually, you know, express that they have faith. Um, or just lay there and be like, oh, make the sound effects to make, you know, the, the pump the male's ego. And so in return, they like, you know, well, I just go buy a toy. And it's like you buying a toy versus your husband, you know. And some people do that. And some people have that in a whole bedroom situation. But it's like, if you really care about your um, relationship and pleasing both parties, your man and, you know, your wife and your husband, you have to. Educate like she like Dr. said, you have to go through those resources and educate yourself so you can just not just please your husband or just please yourself. You know, don't be selfish lovers, you know, please each other. So by doing that, I think it's it's gonna you gotta be able to talk no more. It's all about communication. I think it's just about communication, like she said, outside of the bedroom and making sure somebody can attract your mental because once they got your mind and everything, you just everything just starts flowing. So I yeah. think that's what happens, like, especially. And, and-, no, you did, and, and,
0: and no, no, sorry. And <laughs> Jamila, I just wanted to segue in. Jamila mentioned, she said men should learn the woman's body as well and understand there are multiple ways to an orgasm mm-hmm. and what parts of her body, when stimulated correctly, um, actually leads to one. Um, I, I wanted to, and I mean, these are all really, really important factors. But, you know, again, you know, our aim is to, to really, um, you know, see sex and our sexuality as a means of connection you know our marriages are starving for connection and we know that um i wanted to just ask a question geared to the brothers and a question geared to the sisters um how is sex used as a means of connection for men first Khalil.
2: Mm-hmm. oh um i mean to be honest like enough you know I, I question a lot of brothers because i'm curious you know, how everyone differs. And I, I would say even the most alpha of men, when they're honest, they admit that it's it's validating. You know what I mean? Yeah. That they admit that they feel appreciated or they feel like they're useful. Or they feel loved. Like sex is a way for men to actually feel loved. Right? And mm-hmm. and a lot of times, you know, that's, that's something that a lot of men won't actually admit. But when a man feels like he can, and a man actually feels like he can please his wife, he actually feels better about himself right but a lot of a lot of guys won't necessarily say that because you know it's an ego thing you know um and maybe if we could say that a little bit more it would be a little bit you know we would have a little bit easier time but i would say that that that's one of the ways that a man feels like you know he feels validated and i remember uh there was a if you recall if you you know autobiography about it autobiography of malcolm maxwell he was talking about how some men would literally just go and sit with prostitutes. They wouldn't even have sex with them, but just make the prostitute made them feel like they were wanted more than their wives. Mm. Mm. So they went yeah. to a prostitute for a reason, but they didn't even have sex with them because they wanted to feel wanted. Right. So, th- but this is the part where a guy is going to have a little bit of hard time saying that. So he's right. just going to act like, yeah, yeah, I did X, Y, and Z, but, but behind that, you know, it helps him. It makes him feel wanted. When a woman, when a woman gives up herself to him in a way that he can feel it, he feels wanted and desired. And men want to be desired, just like women do.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's true. Huda, how does how is sex used as a means of connection for women? In your opinion,
1: um, I think I think for women, it's about sex and intimacy i think when you're intimate with your husband you feel more connected to him than just sex because you can have good sex and not even have those feelings for your mm-hmm. spouse you know but we all have needs so you're just going to act on a need but not that feeling of intimacy like after you are done you go to your room he go to his room or y'all go back and not talking to each other mm-hmm. i think for women um that feeling of intimacy, and I think Adiba uh, says something about uh, focusing more on intimacy and less on sex. I mm. think um, that for women, they feel more connected to their husband. Um, makes them feel needed and loved. Um, okay. Makes them feel secure in their, in their marriage. Um, it makes them feel like that person is their best friend. It makes them feel... Understood. It makes them feel beautiful, you know. I think um, when a man can be intimate with his wife, um, all of those things—that's what the woman, the woman feels.
0: Yeah, beautifully stated, Huda. Doctor Shakira, did you want to make any culminating points about that as it relates Um, to connection?
3: I would just kind of caution the way that we are um, saying that men think like this and women think like that because a lot of it has to do with our upbringing. Um, So I wouldn't just. Kind of give those generalized statements. I would just say that some individuals, for example, a lot of men have more testosterone. So I think more about. So I'll switch to more like the medical side. Um, so a sex kind of starts with their body. So testosterone think of it like a, a screaming in their body for sex. Women have more of a whisper, and a sex to them kind of starts with their mind. So it starts with starts with them fantasizing, remembering things. Um, thinking about different having crushes and those type of things and imagine things in our mind um, with men is more physical but it all and with women, a lot of women, not all women, but with some women, it, it's like a whole package. It's not just the sexual mm-hmm. act itself. It's just a part of, okay, we have good sex. I love the way he talks to me. I like the way he combs my hair, I like the way he rubs my feet. You know, it's just, and and also it goes back to like love languages. Um, You may yeah. be more physical. And for me, maybe more, you know, I like more words of affirmation where he's more like physical affection. Um, So, and it could be vice versa. So just taking time to think about what you like. Um, what kind of burns you, or what kind of drives you, or what is really passionate, what makes things passionate for you with your spouse, um, um, whether it's services or whatever your love language is, um, sharing that. And then um, recognizing that just because you like to receive love in a certain way is not the way that your spouse does. Um, so being open and honest about that as well.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Shakira. That was, re- that was really helpful. Um, all right, guys, we're going to segue into um, just what Dr. Shakira just did, which is clarifying some misconceptions and even just the way that we um, perceive or understand sex and sexuality. So how I'm going to do this is, is again, and I'm going to present um, just a fact, a statement, and I'm going to just ask you guys if you true or false. Everybody's going to get to say true or false. You can add just a very short sentence with context, and then at the end, Dr. Shakira will um, culminate and provide that um, context for us, inshallah. Okay, is that all right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, bismillah. I'm gonna start with our brother, Brother Khalil. Um, my, uh, Muslim men are expected to touch, um, sorry, let me just script that, sorry. For the man, sex creates feelings of security, love and validation, as you mentioned. For the woman, sex create a feeling of connection, fulfillment and security. Agree or disagree?
2: You said connection, okay. fulfillment and security. Mm-hmm. And for the man you said it again,
0: security love, and validation
2: um yeah, i mean that's 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 amongst the you know, other things too, but i would I would agree with that I would agree with that yeah.
0: okay, um, I would say
4: true for the man um i security i i have to say not i mean I agree to some extent, but security, but the sex part not, so I don't. I
1: mean, yeah. false. Okay. I guess I have to say the whole thing false if I don't
0: agree with one thing. Okay, that's fine. Thank you, Inshirahuda. Yeah.
1: Um, I would agree with that statement.
0: Okay, and Dr. Shakira, I know you just spoke a little bit about it, but what do you think about that statement?
3: Um, I would say it depends again on how the man or the woman grew up, how they, you know, maybe they had different relationships, maybe they didn't, maybe it relates to their relationships with their parents. Um, so I think it really depends. Um, yeah. So I'm just going to say it
0: okay. depends. Okay. All right. Next statement. Women care a lot about sexual pleasure than they let on. Many don't know how to openly discuss it, nor how to address sexual dissatisfaction in a marriage. We talked a lot about that, Huda. Yes.
1: Oh, agree. Yeah, agree.
0: We, we care a lot of, we, as women, we care a lot more about sex than we actually admit. Agree. Intro. Agree. Okay, Brother Khalil, can you give your opinion. Yeah, hey, I, agree. Okay. I agree. Dr. Shakir, what have you seen in regards to this?
3: I agree. I think um, as women, sometimes we don't value ourselves, mm-hmm. and we don't. We feel like we don't have that place to kind of talk about our dissatisfaction. So I think it's important for us to number one value ourselves, understand that Allah has given us a organ that no one else has, which is the clitoris. So our clitoris is so powerful. Our clitoris is only for pleasure. Like Allah gave us an organ that's only for pleasure. No Men don't have that. So he gave that to you. So you have to value yourself. And understand that Allah gave me this. Allah wants me to be pleased when I have sex. Allah wants me to have a pleasurable feeling, a pleasurable experience with my spouse. So recognizing that and honoring that within ourselves um, first um, and then feeling comfortable enough to say, um, yes, I deserve this. I'm worthy of this. I'm worthy of pleasure with my spouse. Um, I like the way you do this, but I think that we should try this because this will please me more. um it's it's so important.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. All right, <clears throat> men um, and not all men, but we're just saying, general general. in contact. general, take it in context men want modest muslim wives in the world and sex kittens in the bedroom unrealistic <laughs> ideals have led to a lack of understanding poor communication and overall sexual dissatisfaction go ahead khalil
2: it is so are you saying that the first statement is related to the second meaning is that not yeah I, I, you yeah
0: know, so do you, yeah do you want somebody
2: or- modest who is like, what is a sex kid like? I guess I need to be just be- <laughs> before I put my my foot in my mouth too much. At least I need to know what I'm getting involved in right here. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> how would you describe it, ladies? I guess like when we said like the lady in the street, like freaking freak in the, the freaking bed. bed. Yeah, like-
2: yeah. I mean, I think I actually think that men and I think women want a man who also is you know guarded outside and then mm-hmm. you know who's sexually mm-hmm. free inside. So I think both people want that. Okay. And I, but but I don't think that's an unrealistic ideal. So the second part of the statement I don't think that's unrealistic. The second part of the statement is we do have unrealistic ideals That's just not one of them. Maybe mm-hmm. unrealistic is the fact that you can get it right away Right, right. the fact that it can not it's not supposed to be cultivated over a period of time You understand what I'm saying? And as yeah. and as dr. Shakira said different people are motivated differently Right, mm-hmm. so that's a big part of it. And this is why I said the car is amazing and kind of spells this out in, in just a statement you know, when he tells us that your wives are like tilts. So like, it's literally saying, learn your <laughs> situation, right? So I think that that's how we deal with the unrealistic ideals, But we do have unrealistic ideals. but I don't think that
5: that's, wanting someone who
2: was modest is one of them. I mean, and then, and then opposite of that in a bedroom is one. I think that's ideal, actually.
0: Oh, OK, and Sheree? Um, I agree that um, you we do want i agree with
4: Claire too like i need my husband to be modest at out in the streets too you know um because nobody wants someone who knows the known to be flirtatious with everybody that's just not that's not going to help when we get to the bedroom so um as far as like the muslim sister part it's 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 okay so you you want to be the freak in the bedroom and you know you want to be modest in the streets but the thing is how do you tell somebody who never was married who was a virgin to be a freak you know and i just i just and it's kind of like you your expectations you have these high expectations of something that you don't know how to do so what if she doesn't know how to be a freak what does that even mean or how do they even know how to become that? You know? And the only thing I can think about is you people like people assume through different means of media. You hear things, you read things, and then they start portraying, you know, portraying it in a bad bedroom. But I just like, how do you tell somebody who's a you know virgin how to be a freak?
0: Great point, great point. We're gonna have Dr. Shakira comment on that, but who the first? What do you think? Um what? I think
1: that, um, like I said before, a lot of things will come naturally. Mm -hmm. So even if you're a virgin, you're going to start to learn your body and know what you like and don't like, and you know, you're going to learn how to, let me see, navigate that world. You know, um, I don't think that it's so hidden about like pole dancing and mm-hmm. strip and lingerie yeah. and we all been to the henna parties where everybody's <laughs> gifting you some lingerie and some <laughs> games or whatever so i don't think that you know um it's that difficult to learn how go ahead brother
2: i think that maybe it's that People expect different things, like, not, yeah. not one person's freak is another person's lie. Uh, you prove to be honest, like, so one person, like, depending on what you've been exposed to and what you experience, you know what I'm saying. So, some of that, again, even that's communication. So, for me, I like to keep going back down to cultivation and, oh, and, and understanding that this is a marathon and not a sprint because mm-hmm. you know, you know what I mean. But go ahead, I just right. wanted to say that because no, 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 no. It's, not, it's not general, it's, you know? yeah,
1: it's What's not, it's not yeah. like right away. But yeah. um even in that ex exploring it, you know, y'all gonna learn things and do things and try if you're right. a, if you're a new couple and you know, when you're newlyweds, that's all y'all thinking about. So I don't think it's so difficult to be, and I don't think when they say a freak in a the bed, they mean like whips and chains and handcuffs and. <laughs> and, and, and all might, some might, and that's that's fine too. But if as y'all learning each other and and navigating that world, you know he might be or she might be a little more than the other, but y'all have to make that compromise. All right, well my wife don't like this or she ain't into this, but she down to do this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I don't think yeah. it's like, well, how do we be your free? It's how do you how do you get in touch with your sexuality? Yeah. That's the question.
5: Mm-hmm. And the you
1: don't have to be, you know, um Rihanna, like, but you can be yourself and your husband are like that if he if the love is there and if the understanding of each other is there. Yeah, my wife is awkward. But when she does her little dance, I think it's cute. And I think it's sexy. I like that. Right. You know, you have some women who are timid, who are shy, who are, you know, but they try and they do things and their husband loves them for it right. anyway. Mm-hmm. And right. that's what turns True. him on. And that's what makes him happy. And that's how, they're, that's how they're connected to each other because he understands his wife. And the fact that she does those things for him makes me love her even more.
0: Thank, Thank you, you. I appreciate Thank that. You. Dr. Shakira. and the, the comments have been going off, but i am like to go ahead and give some <laughs> oh, <context>. Okay. <laughs> I would
3: say it's imperative to define what a freak means to you. So for the men to define what they mean, why I want a freak when I get home, and for a woman to define what she's okay with doing and what she's not okay with doing. It's okay to have that conversation before you get married. Mm-hmm. I think it's perfectly fine for a husband to say, when I come home from work, I expect you to look sexy, or I expect you to have your hair done, or I expect you to, you know, dress up, or I expect you, you know, kind of being clear about what he's looking for. And I think when you talked about unrealistic expectations, I think unrealistic comes in part when we talk about like pornography. So are you trying to say oh you want me to be a porn star when you come home? I'm not going to be that. But I may be, you know, so being clear about what what you want. I think in taking time for yourself, even if you are a virgin, and thinking about what you, because again, sexuality, sex, so um, so many sexual images are all around us. So whether
5: uh-huh. you're talking
3: about music videos and the music we listen to, commercials, TV shows, everything, you have some type of idea as to what you want and what you don't want, even if it's just at a basic level. And it's important for you to share that with your future spouse. And if you're already married, then you know the sky's the limit. You can have deep, dark conversations as to what you want and what you expect um, on both sides.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. Can, can, I, can I ask with this particular thing, though, um, if you have time? I just wanted yeah, to ask ahead. because, um, you know, there's a lot that we, we know about pornography, right? Because that's the thing that t- typically, even though there are more women, we know who are starting to watch it, but most typically still more men, a high percentage. But what, what, what about the romance novels and the things that also, because, you know, women are people of words, right? Romance novels and even the romance that you see on the media where it's mostly about movies. words, how is that planet playing into the unrealistic expectations of what a man should be and what romance should be in terms of what a man should be? Is that also as deadly, for example, as the pornography and how men look at what women should be?
3: I wouldn't say it was deadly. I would say. It gives opportunity for women, especially those who haven't had a sexual experience to say, I like that. I like when he writes her notes and leave them on the mirror. I like stuff like that. So kind of telling your, your future husband, I like, stuff. you know, I like you to write notes to me or I'm a, a woman of words. I like powerful words. So you saying you sending me a powerful text or you texting me during the day and telling me how beautiful I am means a lot to me. Um, I don't think that will be as deadly as you getting pornography. Um, pornography kind of images in your head and kind of having those expectations for a man who maybe have um, a lot of, I talked to a lot of youth, so a lot of boys who haven't been, who haven't had their sexual debut, but they've been watching pornography and now Mm -hmm. it's their wedding night and they're like, what is, this is not what I was looking forward to because Mm -hmm. you you have all of the, you have these images in your head. Um, So I think that is definitely, more can depth, I,
2: yeah. and, and I would agree with the point. But can I push back with the men when it when it comes to like, because what I've because also what I've kind of seen also is that sometimes uh, there's an expectation that men also can should just be able to write right immediately kind of warm up to uh, being able to know the expectations of the woman. And she's read this or so she's mm-hmm. watched something on and, mm-hmm. and, and, and he doesn't know those things, you know what I'm saying? And then sometimes those things that are on there are, are extreme, too. You Know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, and they're not realistic mm-hmm. for a man to actually take up, and so he ends up kind of being punished for not filling a role that he doesn't even know he's supposed to have, you know what I mean? Right. Like with those types of things. So I Wait, just wanted to know, you like,
0: have an example,
2: huh? What
0: do you have an example?
2: Just do I have an example?
0: Yeah, the of, extreme that women expect from men.
2: No, I mean, just. Uh, uh, I guess you mean
0: like, like it, based on a novel or something like that, right? Like a, like, a,
3: yeah,
1: like a romance novel. Like yeah, romance novel. Romance
3: novel that's kind of going, I guess, too far. Or um, yeah, like yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. go ahead. Okay. Well, go. I think it's
3: important for both men and women to essentially just guard their hearts, um, and guard our eyes and understand that our eyes and our ears are yeah. windows to our hearts. So whether it's watch, watching pornography or reading a book that you really shouldn't be reading, um, I think it's important for us to guard that and recognize that that's going to affect our, us in the long run. Yeah.
4: Can Um, I add something real quick before you? Yes. Um, And just to touch on what Khalil said, and I'm going to just use a personal experience of my own. When I was younger, um, I was in 10th grade. And I think at the time it was a popular book, Zane, Sex Chronicles that was out, right? And of course, I'm... 10th grade virgin is don't know half of nothing that's in that book. But the fact that they start talking about the man and the statue and how he acts and how he's built, it, it does psychologically plays a part. And for me it did. Cause I'm like, Ooh, I want my husband to be six, six
1: feet. Tall. Two. I
4: want him to be dark skin. I want him to have six Like how Zane described it. And so I remember, um, uh coming across a word it was called the word was nympho and i didn't know nothing about nympho and then i didn't think it was i read it in the context but i still wasn't i'm tip gray i'm like mm, nympho but and i went to uh a public school all my life so i didn't ask them or whatever so when i got home <laughs> i should never ask my father but i asked my father i asked him i said I mean, what is a nympho and my dad turned around, was like really <laughs> shocked. Like, what What you just say to me? I was like, what is a nympho? And he was like, well, why are you asking me? The first thing he said was like, why are you asking me this? I thought he was going to go berserk. But hum did a lot. my father was like, OK, so why are you asking me this? And then, of course, I, I wasn't 100% honest, because I was scared of what he found out if I read was reading Zane's Sex Chronicles. So <laughs> I said, um, it was a book that I read in the library about school. We're doing something to cover you know, a project. And and he explained it to me what it was and everything like that, and so in my head I was like, okay, that's not something I want to ever be, you know. And it just just to piggyback on what Khalil said, like you, it's literature plays a a role too. Everything does, you know. And then you have these expectations of what husband. Because I was just like searching for the, I want the six feet six week two husband that's this, 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 and
5: that, you
4: know, and and you don't get it because you're stuck on this unrealistic um, expectation of a husband from a novel or anything like
0: that. Mm-hmm. Powerful, powerful points, yeah. If I could just, if, I, if we could just segue to the next next point in the interest of time, we could come back to it. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to get you guys' opinion about there's a ten year difference between women's and men's sexual peaks. Huda, agree or disagree? Um.
1: I, I could agree, I think, um, I don't know.
0: Okay. Not sure. All right. And yeah. sure.
1: Because, you know, you got, you got the cougars. that like the younger men who are very sexually active, but then you got, I don't, I mean, it's, it, it's possible. It's possible.
0: <laughs> and sure.
2: That's
4: <laughs> I, I, likewise. It's possible.
0: And just, yeah. Okay. Kabil.
2: Sure, it might be 20, in some instances. <laughs> it's, it, it might be between 10 and 20. I, I definitely, right. that's definitely what's going on. Men, men actually have to take care of themselves a little bit more to keep up if they don't. But as women get older, women are actually increasing that. So I would definitely mm-hmm. say that's true. And even more. Mm,
0: SubhanAllah. All right, Dr. Shakir. Well, everyone is different,
3: but it actually is a 20-year difference. Usually women peak in their 40s and men
0: peak in their 20s. Wow.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. All right. Um, So as previously mentioned, sexual contact produces the bonding hormone called oxytocin that leads an emotional bonding connection, but sealed off sex works against that. When emotional connection is missing, partners become overwhelmed with feelings of insecurity, rejection, isolation, and deprivation. Huda?
1: Um, Yes, definitely. Uh, can I just point out, and I know this might lead to something else, maybe we not going there tonight, but um we have to also remember that people have been traumatized by sexual mm. abuse as children. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you aren't healed from that and you're still dealing with those things, you're gonna be disconnected when it comes to sex. Um, or you may be um promiscuous, you know. Mm-hmm. I think um I know mm-hmm. people who don't like to be affectionate in public because they were sexually abused as a child and, um, people who just might fake it just to be pleasing because they were taught to be quiet, take it and go on about your business when it's done. So they don't know anything else. So we have to remember too, that, you know, there's, that's big in the black community as, as well as the Muslim community, we're not exempt from sexual abuse. so that's something that that plays a major role in the disconnect.
0: Thank you so much for mentioning that, Huda. It does pay, play an absolute know. major role, subhanAllah. Insura. Uh, True. Yeah, absolutely. Khalil?
2: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, and Huda went in, so I'm good.
0: Yeah. i kind of covered that <laughs> <Huda's> one. <not laughs> <correct. laughs> Dr. Shakira, that bonding hormone that we experienced, can you speak to that? absolutely so
3: yes oxytocin is actually kind of think about it as the pleasure hormone so you experience whenever you experience pleasure you you excrete oxytocin um so when you're talking about the emotional connection so i think about the communication outside of sex the foreplay um it definitely disrupts that that strong connection that you're looking to build within your marriage Um, and definitely what Huda said was, um, absolutely true about sexual abuse and how that, um, affects your ability to be able to connect with this person. If you haven't really been able to go through counseling and go through, um, have a chance to kind of sit with yourself and, um, dig up those kind of skeletons and go through that and do that work to kind of within yourself. Um, but yes.
0: Subhanallah. Powerful, powerful points. The comments are coming so fast, it's hard to keep up. Um, They're kind of going back and forth. I'm going to mention a few. Um, Sister Dila said, look at how the prophet treated his wives. They were intimate, yes, and he satisfied each one. But he also served his wives, waiting on them and catered to them. Yet he had the world on his shoulder, spreading the religion, leading battles, serving the greater community. Yet he was gentle, caring. Husband wives takes lessons from their from them all. Subhanallah. Thank you so much for sharing. Brother Bilal said brothers need to get that Simons horny goat wheat zinc. <laughs> <exercise>. <laughs> what do you think about that, Doctor Shakir? I think you that 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 sexual peak you mentioned. You agree? I definitely.
3: I mean, I would agree definitely. Healthy um healthy eating for both parts. Um, what we eat affects um. Sister, well, this is a different conversation, but affects the way we taste, this affects the way how we, you know, how we smell. Um, and that goes into play when you think about being intimate with your partner. Um, Mm -hmm. so healthy eating is definitely a plus, so see, moss definitely,
0: Mm, subhanallah. Um All right. Well, I definitely appreciate this robust um, dialogue. There was so much, so much to cover. Um, But again, we wanted to really just um, answer and talk about some of the things that a lot of us don't have the space often to talk about openly. Um, And we want to definitely shout out, I think somebody mentioned, I think it was Sister Adila mentioned um, the the village auntie who's doing phenomenal work. Dr. Shakir, you're doing phenomenal work. Um, Brother Habib Akandi doing phenomenal work. All of you guys that are in the community that are actually doing the work, fighting against the taboos, may Allah bless and elevate you. Thank you so much mm-hmm. Here for coming mm-hmm. on me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a question um, from a sister. She said, what is a good diet for optimal sexual health and energy? Could you give a suggestion?
3: Um, Definitely. So I myself, I follow a plant-based diet, but um, definitely trying to include more raw um, fruits and vegetables in your diet is a plus. For example, pineapples, um, pineapples apples, um, definitely go take a part in you with your um, reaching your sexual peak, so orgasming. Um, also, like I said, the way you t- taste and smell um, vaginally affects what you eat. So eating more um, fruits and vegetables definitely. So trying to get more raw um, foods in your diet, and not just like the meat substitutes.
0: Absolutely. There was another question earlier on in regards to how can this topic be uh, approached prior to marriage. So during the engagement um, uh, period, how can the topic be approached about sexual compatibility, or should it be approached?
3: It definitely should be approached.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: I believe there's a time of time of, time for it, though, not like the first sit down or the first conversation. Okay. Um, asking about you know sexual having that sexual conversation. But as you get deeper into the process, right? Like, I think I really want to marry this person. I think you should have a um, conversation as to expectations, as to what you're expecting um, as a wife and what you're expecting as a husband in regards to sex um, in that sexual type of relationship. You can even open the door and talk about things that you want to try um, and things that you definitely know that you don't want to try so that, um, you know, before you get married. So everyone is kind of on the same page as to what what their definition of a freak is. Mm-hmm. Um, and really clear about that
1: from the door um, before you get married. Can I, can, uh, I, real, can I, real quick? Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, okay, i gonna go go real quick. Um, just to be, you know, remember that we are Muslim, and there are uh, ways to have those conversations. I think we were talking in the Facebook chat about this yesterday. And somebody said, "I don't know if it was me or somebody else that conversations like this definitely should not be had you know on a late night conversation John you know, know. we not yeah. are we yeah. talking after mugged yeah. about yeah. things you know that we like, and to yeah. not be me personally, I would not be explicit in saying yeah. things that I like and things that I don't like and things that I but more so have like a questionnaire maybe and Get a feel of that person. You know there are um, uh, the quizzes online that each person can do to see your compatibility. That way, um, just to be mindful because you might end up not marrying and that marrying that person, and you know you, you don't want easy. everybody knowing all your business. So <laughs> yeah. you got you really gotta um, you know tread lightly and be be mindful. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Someone says Marion says strictly after Osir
1: comes, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, wow. also, I <laughs> think. <laughs> Would you
3: say, after having a third party, um, yes. involved also takes a lot of that away because she's like, you're shy, hopefully, in front of um, her Wali. so it's like, I'm not gonna say this, and right. you're, you're shy in front of your own Wali. so just being mindful and just, um, like you said, having a certain, um, like modesty and uh, a certain guard where. Yes, inshallah, we're going to get married, but um, kind of just keeping it PG, I guess I would say.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: Khalil, you want to add?
2: Well, connected actually connecting the last two questions, because um, we're talking about spiritual sexuality. And one of the things that I feel like uh, we can stress a little bit more and we can infuse into our conversation about sexuality is how much it's better when you actually just obey God, meaning lowering the gaze, meaning... Literally, and I'm saying, I'm not saying this to just say this. I'm saying it's like we're talking about diet, but the diet of the spiritual diet is so important. It frees you up. Like, so when you're engaging now, if you're before you're married, the better your lifestyle is with respect to not engaging in the things that the law said not didn't don't engage in. It will allow you to actually be more open to sexual experience that, you know, more open and free with what comes as opposed because some of this is discovery. Right. Mm-hmm. So how you live your lifestyle beforehand. But if you have, for example, are in a lifestyle where, you know, because a lot of people are in a lifestyle of addiction to sex or pornography, and that happens. That's one of the addictions that we have. Then I would just say, take each step to 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 get better off of that. And that's actually going to help you in your relationship with your spouse, because the environment that you place around yourself, you know, regarding. And it's, you know, I like to liken it to sports like, you know, when people play sports at a high level they eat right. They don't hang around certain people they don't drink they lift they do all these things so that when they get on the court they're at their optimal right Mm -hmm. or they get in the field they're at the optimal but we don't if we don't treat ourselves right spiritually we can expect that there's going to be a lot of things that cloud us in our relationships and we kind of have these expectations that the relationship is going to fix it no so yeah. if you are in a relationship even and you know you're going through something, understand that if you are doing something you know that God disagrees with, that that's pro- that's the number one thing you need to look at within yourself to fix your relationship. Forget what mm-hmm. that other person is doing, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what's actually happening. A lot of our relationships, one or the other person is doing something whether having an emotional relationship with somebody else or having a physical relationship with somebody else you ain't got no business to. All that stuff is happening.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: So that, di- mm-hmm. that spiritual diet plays a role in how your actual the relationship that you want, you know, how it will actually be.
0: That's that's yeah, really powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Extremely powerful. and That's the whole point of this conversation. Like you mentioned, um brother Khalil, just to remind us um all to kind of come back to what Allah designed us for because you're right, we we some of us are not even being able to experience or have the optimal experience with sex because we're not tapped into the spiritual aspects, we're not maintaining that spiritual diet, so we're actually missing out. Um, and that's sort of the ironic thing about us, subhanallah. Um, Allah
2: wants wants good for you, everything He's prescribing, absolutely. He wants good, yeah. For you. That's the reason right. why. He wants you to enjoy it in the best way, and trust right. when you actually lead those things, you will actually enjoy it better.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Thank you. Are there any final thoughts you have before we get up off of here?
1: Um, I would just say, as parents, you know, we should definitely. I was reading an a article about children, like at different stages of their lives, they're going to ask different questions. Mm-hmm. Like my son is seven. And he just asked me, we came from the doctors, he asked me what were testicles for. So, you know, that's that's his question about himself, you know. So I I think as parents, we just have to be ready and be willing to have those conversations with our kids at any age, you know, whether it be five, seven, fifteen, twenty-one, whatever. And um, yeah, I think that's it. That's all I got.
0: Thank you, Huda. And Shira, final point? Um, Huda, Huda, just, uh, she took
4: mine, but. Um, I, <laughs> I still need help with the testicle it's thing. I don't even know what to say to my son like. <laughs> my, my daughter is 10 years old and she asked me so many questions a day. And some of them um, were, were asked because of a student in her class. Were uh, was playing actually was playing pornography in the background while they was on online school and I had to come and close you know her laptop oh, yeah.
5: and yeah. Um,
4: she was asking me she was like you know what is that and I explained it to her and we we talked about it and discussed it so you're right you have to have an open conversation and this and I always I'm always questioning myself like how much do I say or what do I, you know, what don't I say? What do I keep, you know, just to make sure I'm not giving her too much at a young age. But um, I definitely agree. You have to have the conversations and it's important. Yeah. And it's important that when you have those conversations, you're not uptight. You're not going to make it hard for them to have that open line communication. Cause when you do, that's when they're going to turn away from you and they're not going to tell you anything else. You know, and, so. and
2: maybe not, maybe we need to call Auntie Shakira if you just feel like <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> for the job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you
3: know We have a course form Muslim some parents actually coming up, which is like I drop it. Because I need
1: answers.
3: It.
4: Yeah, <laughs> because not just my daughter, it's teens that they're just like, um, like she mentioned, I have teens that ask me, you know, I don't want to talk to my uh, mom because every time I say something, she always like, oh, well, you about to get married. You know, that's that's the end all to everything like you're about to get married. That's it. And it's like, I'm not trying to get married. I'm asking you a question. I'm
1: just asking a question.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Like marriage should not be the push of the end all. Like, yo, you want that? You get married. Bye. You know, (laughs) it's just like, come on. divorce
3: rates
0: are so high. Exactly. exactly. And just throwing them in in, in, in fire. There you go. There you go. Dr. Shakira, you said you had a course. Can you drop it for us? Yeah. So I have a course called Halal Sex Talks. And basically it's specifically for Muslim parents
3: on how to have these conversations with our children all the way from age three to 21. Ooh. So I use the Prophet Muhammad Wasallam's um hadith where he says, play with them for seven years, mm-hmm. teach them for seven years, and then befriend them for seven years. So I use that as my guideline mm-hmm. on how we have these conversations. Mm-hmm. And then my sexual knowledge on when on what age uh, is appropriate like when do we introduce different topics and how to do it based on their Mm -hmm. age um so the course is very powerful it's a six-week course um it's going to start inshallah at the end of february because i want to finish before ramadan inshallah so you have a chance to take advantage of teachable moments during ramadan um because um sexuality is not just about sexual penetration it's beyond yeah. just different acts of sex it's about how we communicate with each other how we have relationships healthy communication the process of marriage the right mm-hmm. way to do things um all of that is packaged neatly into sexuality education um mm-hmm. so it's important that we learn how to have these conversations because like the sister said if they don't learn from us they're going to learn from someone else and it's not going mm-hmm. to work with this land um so if you want to learn more about that course, inshallah you can follow me on Instagram. I'm at the Halal Sexpert and I'm going to be dropping it there this week, inshallah. We can see Yes, how long. I would
0: definitely get that because
3: sign up for the course.
0: And we have one and, and- final question and then we're gonna end um in interest of time. But is and the question is, is sex education still taught in the schools? How do y'all deal with the anything goes society today, such as transgender, bisexual, gay, genderless? in public and maybe some private schools? That's a loaded question. Dr. Shakir, I'm just gonna land that on you really quickly. Um, So we can't, so
3: I teach parents how to have these conversations. Um, so basically we can't just completely not say, I'm not gonna talk about the LGBTQ community. I'm not gonna talk about what it means to be transgender and the whole gender thing. We still have to have the conversation as to what it means to be Muslim, um, and um, kind of not separate the two, but how to have the conversation in a way where they're not like, "Well, I'm going to find out about it from somewhere else." So schools are, are doing this education. It depends on where you live as to how like what their um, rules are and how deep they can go in. And how um, Pennsylvania is really um, sheltered, like they don't allow to have uh, them to have deep conversations with their children. I know that. But um, it's important for us to have those conversations because they're going to see it on the TV. I don't know if you've seen recent commercials; um, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. So you don't. Mm-hmm. Want so you mm-hmm. don't. Want it, I had a client. Just to give you an example, I had a client who had a daughter who said, um, "Who wanted?" This is back before COVID. But um, they had a friend who said, "I know that it's against your religion to have sex before marriage." but I'm a female and I can introduce you to some things where you're not breaking the rules, but you can, I know I can introduce you to some, to make you feel really good. I can teach you different things. So Mm -hmm. she was inviting Mm -hmm. her to have different sexual experiences with her as a female. So her not knowing that Mm -hmm. this is, you know, this is Haram and this is not what Allah liked. Mm -hmm. um, You know, she experienced different things that, you know, had her mom had different conversations with her. um, It may have not happened. So it's important for us to recognize that, yes, it's a hard conversation to have um, and learn about where society is going and how we can kind of bring them back as to what Allah says and what his messenger says and how and how to um, talk to their peers because their peers are everything. So if their peers are, Mm -hmm. you know, this is that they need something to come back. They need something to say. And we have to prepare them for that and um, give them that opportunity. Right. Um,
0: and Brother Khalil, I'm sorry, um, Brother Khalil, did you have?
2: No, I mean, I, I, I totally agree. I was, it was mm-hmm. I remember somebody was saying somebody was exposed. I was exposed to pornography at 12 years old because somebody I went to a friend's house and at that time dated myself. But it was he put a VHS tape in. Right. <laughs> and that's how it happened. Right. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing is, is that once I saw it once, you know, as a, as a, I think I was 11, 12, and I, you know, it was difficult to get rid of it. Right. Once you saw it once, once you were exposed, it was difficult to get rid of it. But that I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even know that stuff was what it was, right? Right. Um, and mm-hmm. imagine, because he happened to be there. Imagine now, uh, most of our kids have contraptions. Let's just be, let's just be real with ourselves and say that if your ch- if your child has dealt with a a, a a computer, or they've dealt with a phone, they've probably mm-hmm. seen naked people and they've probably seen some type mm-hmm. of sex, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, but it's not, it's not like it's insurmountable because they, they used to circumambulate the Kaaba naked when the prophet became, came into his prophethood. Right. So it's not like we haven't dealt with this type of thing. We just have to be raw and honest. And yeah. that's my main thing, but we we can't, the one of the things that I see a lot of parents do, not my child, my child, no, you can't live in that world. Right. This world is even different from when we <laughs> grew up. <laughs> you know, right. and that's the main thing. And it's, and I'm, a, this thing right here, one of the things that I will say, and I've been studying this actually for a while, I believe it actually to be one of the, if not the chief way, the shaitan is turning people. If not the chief way. And there's a reason why Allah called a a group of people the worst people of mankind and happened to do, had to happen to have to do with a sexual act. Listen, this is how shaitan, and he starts slow. I'm watching Netflix. Oh, I'm watching, you know, oh, you know, I'm just watching something that, you know, okay, you know what, you know, first you, you're doing this. Then you stop doing that. Oh, it's not that big a deal. And that's mm-hmm. how it starts. Yeah. And I'm not saying that from theory. I'm saying that from a person who was exposed to it and had to learn how to get out of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. All right. Well, this was a very powerful discussion. MashaAllah. Oh I know.
5: I know. My God.
0: <laughs> I, I really appreciate this robust Discussion. Thank you to the audience members for your robust and you know conversations. I saw your comments. I'm sorry I couldn't keep up with it all. But I wanted to just honor and thank you so much, Huda, for coming on. Thank you for your honesty and transparency. I deeply appreciate you for coming on and sharing.
1: It was my pleasure, sis.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Intra, for being here, especially, mashallah with child, beautiful, (laughs) glowing. (laughs) Allah bless you for your perspective. Thank (laughs) you. (laughs) you. Brother Khalil, thank you so much for showing up and keeping it strong for the brothers. We miss Brother <laughs> Nail. Thank you, Brother yeah. Nail, for trying. I know you had some issues, but thank you so much for your perspective and for your honesty.
2: I mean, no doubt. And
0: Dr. Shakir Abdullah, it's been such an honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much for sharing and thank you for your work that you do each and every day. May Allah elevate yes. you and reward you. I mean, I mean, I mean, And with that said, you guys, the Dope Muslim Woman podcast is ending tonight. We'll be back next week with another powerful discussion, inshallah, Love's Triumph. And then we'll have another special edition podcast episode with that clay couple called Selection Perfection The Art of Choosing Perfect Partners, inshallah. All right. Yeah, I
1: know. I'm I'm in <laughs> right. yeah, i was
0: doing that for that. Exactly. All right, you guys.
5: Wassalamu alaikum